Corinthians chapter 14. <clears throat> so make a quick reference to this. Kimberly, I don't know if you know this or not, or if you saw this, but step right, come up here so you can see what I see. I see this every Sunday. It means so much to me. It's overcast outside, but there's, you painted that. She's the one that painted it. And several other pieces of, of worshipful art that are in this room, she did that. So great job. But we set it in that window, and the light comes through there perfectly. And on a bright, sunny day, it's, it's amazing. But even on an overcast day, that's just cool. Kimberly Joy Howard, Dr. Joy. Some things change, y'all. And I'm trying to get used to it. Right. Painter of lights. Painter of lights right here. And you're right. He doesn't change. Aren't you thankful for that? I know you are. I know you are. First Corinthians chapter 14. A um, couple more weeks. We're going to be in this series. We've been in this series of the Holy Spirit. We haven't left it except for when I had to be out a couple of Sundays. Couldn't get away from it. The gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about the gifts of the Spirit, and um, it's been wonderful, and I hope you've learned. And I've had, I'm not just throwing stuff up on you. We have had to relearn for ourselves this, because I want it to be right. I, I am amazed that God gave gifts. I, mean, I guess I'm not amazed because it's human nature. God gives us something wonderful, and we mess it up. We have people right now that are meeting and gathering, they love God, they're using the same Bible, they're preaching about the same God, yet we get messed up in His giftings. It's just like children on Christmas Day that would fuss about the toys that they got, right? And His Word says for us to grow up, right? We can't, we're supposed to be childlike in some ways, but not every way. We're also supposed to grow up as we are childlike. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're getting to the functions of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I've told you several times already that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has to do with the listing of some of the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 14 is the functions of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 13, right in the middle, is the topic of love. In other words, and he says it plainly, you cannot... Uh, you, you cannot function in these correctly without love. Matter of fact, you mess it up with love. And, and it says it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so let me just read a, a few verses. I plan on going down to 19. See how far I can make it without starting to preach. Because <laughs> it's just so full. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, or building up, and exhortation, and comfort to men. So when one prophesies, there should be edification, exhortation, comfort to men. I used the example last week of, of my daughter's announcement and my son-in-law's announcement that they are having a baby, not just a baby, a little girl, and you all cheered for that. 
when you get those wonderful bits of knowledge that are new to you, it should produce joy because that builds me up. Built me up when I found out that Cam and Paige were expecting. They're, they're going to have a baby. I'm like, hallelujah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Nobody would say, having what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you've had 30 or 40 children. I don't know. Maybe you'd be like that. But if you're still in your right mind, you're going to appreciate that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to extract a response out of you that's very positive. That's the way it should be. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, now there's a difference right there. He who prophesies, that's why he says it's better for him to prophesy because exhortation comes, edification comes, and comfort to men, meaning all. It's God's plan that we all are built up. You see that? Every one of us. He, he want, he's an inclusive God. That When it comes to his gifts, he wants us all to get all of it. It's for all of us. Okay? But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's why he says it's better to prophesy. Pray to prophesy. He, said, he just said that. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. We're going to come back to that in a second, so i got to move myself on. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So tongues should edify. Tongues should build us up. Interpretation of tongues should build us up. But if it's just tongues and no interpretation, there's no building up. It's just not. He, he's talking with a, a lot of spiritual things, but also with common sense here. And he says, this one thing, prophecy, it builds the church up. It builds the church up. Okay, so, so let me do it this way. Prophecy builds the church up. The tongues builds the, the person up. So I'm going to pat somebody on the head right here. So prophecy builds everybody up. But tongues builds this guy up or this gal up. Unless he interprets. Then it balances the scale back up. Because if he interprets, we all get blessed. Does that make sense to you? Good. Why in the world this has to cause an incredible division in the church, I don't know. But it does. Let's read on. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching, even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? Thank you. 
Unless you play something that makes some sense, don't expect anybody to act like it makes sense. I love you, but there reaches a point, I can't go there. I'm like hauling oats. I can't go for that. Some of you will appreciate good 80s music. Hallelujah. Before God got us to the 90s and cut out all good music. I'll move on. So likewise, unless you utter a tongue or you utter by a tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. I've missed verse 8. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? There, there, there are certain sounds that in the ranks of the military, they still blow the trumpet. It still means what it's always meant, and it can't mean anything different. But if they hear that sound, they're trained. If I hear that sound, I know what to do. But if you don't play me a distinct sound, I don't know what to do. I, I stand here ready to march, ready to serve, ready to fight, ready to man my post. But if you play something I don't know, it'd be like somebody that has authority coming up to you and say, do it now. Okay, what? Do what now? I need more information, right? This is, this is so common sense. So likewise, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. Makes sense. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. You know, even though I never understand what someone else is saying when they speak in another language, I still recognize that they're speaking in another language. There is communication taking place for those who understand, but I'm sitting over there like, no, speak that. I don't know how. I don't know what it means, but it meant something to them. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification or, or lifting up or, or building up or comfort of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I also, I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, 
How will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? Since he does not understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edifying. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. That's Paul speaking. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Does that make sense? I think that's not hard to understand. Now let's break it down just a little bit. Back to, back to the first verse. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So there is an order to this, and he calls it a greater gift. And he's saying, Do, go after the things that don't just build you up, that build everybody up. Why is it? that we took it on ourselves somewhere along the way to reorder a couple things. Y'all remember when speaking in tongues, that was the big one. I mean, if you did that, you're spiritual. And you're probably a little bit better than everybody else. Where in the world did that come from? And and prophecy got weird. I'm just going to... Call it the way I see it. Prophecy is not supposed to be weird. It's just, okay, I'll just keep moving with that, but I'm just telling you, I've seen a lot of weirdness. And we're supposed to test things. I'll get to that in a second. And you should be thankful. There's been some things that have been tested that you don't know that they were tested, but the fact that they were tested and they didn't happen, you should be glad that they got tested because I'm going to test it because I think that we're supposed to test it. And if this didn't record, I'd tell you what they were. I would. Because you, you would be like, really? Yeah, really. Anytime you're dealing with something spiritual, the spiritual part's perfect. But as soon as it hits flesh, it's not perfect anymore. It's like, uh, it's like slaw with mayonnaise that you leave sitting out. You didn't know that mayonnaise had gone bad and you're eating that slaw eight hours later at a picnic. You wake up throwing up in the middle of the night. If you'd have seen them goobies on that slaw, you wouldn't have ate it. It looked perfect right then, but it was infected. Let me tell you, spiritual things get infected with fleshly things real quick. And that's where we got off track. Us. Let's just, here's, here's the instruction. Let's just, not John, what God says. I'm just a messenger, okay? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. That is plain right there. Someone that's speaking in tongues, you cannot say, I know Acts chapter 2. I know that they were speaking in other languages so that other people could recognize as a testimony that what was going on, wait a second, are they drunk? That guy, there's no way he he can know that. He doesn't know my language, but he's speaking this testimony about Jesus in my language. 
So there were times that that happens. I, I, be, I, would, I would believe that today on mission fields, if you didn't know a language, God could cause you to utter something that somebody would understand. And as long as you were glorifying God, it would work. I believe that. I, I, I'm just all in at this point. I'm, I'm all in with him. I, I trust him that his word is true. Amen. God's not weird. We are. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. So you cannot be talking about some foreign language that you don't know. You're not talking about Chinese or Peruvian or or anything else. You don't know. They don't know. Only God knows. And you're speaking something, but it is a mysterious language. And God understands it. Proof. Back to what we talked about last week. Chapters back, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Uh Uh-oh. That's where we got in trouble last week. For our glory. See, we think and we've been taught that all glory goes to God. There is a glory that just belongs to Him. But His Word says that there's something that He's given us for our glory. Does it say it? Does your Bible say that? Am I making something? Am I, am I tricking y'all and reading something else to you that's not printed? It says it. It says it's for our glory. What does that mean? God will share his glory with no man. I'm totally in line with that scripture. He's not talking about that kind of glory. There is a glory that he has given that gives you an advantage, that helps you out in this life, that raises you up in Christ and makes your faith arise in him. That is for your betterment. That is for your glory. Okay? I'm tired. I don't want to lose my voice in all this. It was something that was so private. And it was something that was so special. I'm just going to go back to my notes from last week. The Bible doesn't talk about your glory very much. It usually talks about His glory. But there is something that causes you to advance. Something that causes your life to be elevated. Something that is for your glory, but it is hidden. But you have to speak it for it to manifest. It, how many times have I said it's not, His revelations aren't hidden from us, they're hidden for us. And it says this in verse 8. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. In other words, God has wisdom that must be spoken for your advancement, that cannot be learned through information, your eyes and ears. He says in it right here, no eyes seen, no ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man what God has prepared for those who love him. He's talking about his hidden mysteries that are, are for us. And he says this, I know your typical ways of learning. You guys are educators. 
at the doctorate level, at the university level. Thank God that we still got some Christians in universities that love Jesus. Amen. But he says there, there, there's learning that we get, and most of our learning is, is auditory or uh, verbal learning, eyes and ears, repetition, association. And he said, but I got something for you that they can't touch. No eyes ever seen it. No ears ever heard it. Neither has it been revealed to a man. Uh, neither has it entered the heart of a man. But God reveals it to men through his spirit. So it's, it's not even something that, that, that it's not already there. It's already there, but it has to be spoken. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Verse 10. They have to be revealed, which means they are already inside of you. They just have to be uncovered. Jesus said, it is finished. He's not going to come down and change a rule real quick to make it happen. He said this from the very beginning. He said, let the earth spring forth with what's already inside of it. The seed bearing. It's, it's seed is already inside of it. He's already got things inside of you that just simply need to be revealed. However, in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries. Back to chapter 14. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but rather to prophesy unless someone interprets it. The backside of this, this um, chapter goes into that, but the very end of the chapter says this. Therefore, in other words, all this, and he's just explaining it a little more fully. If y'all want to stay till four, I'll go into that. Therefore, <laughs> you don't mean it. You don't mean it. I ain't going to look over there who it was. I'm just telling you right now, you don't mean that. I appreciate it, but you don't mean it. I hope you don't. If you do, I'm hoping you don't. I plan to be asleep by four on my couch, just so you know. Therefore, meaning all of that to say this, therefore, brethren, in other words, united folks, united folks, brethren, Believers, we're not separated on this. We're together, y'all. That's what he's saying. Brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently in order. And it talks about those things. And it says this, if one person speaks in tongues, two people, max three. I'm not the smartest man, but I can count. So if we have three messages that go out in tongues in here, we need three interpretations, and then that's it. That's what he said. At the most, three. We can look at that, but I'm telling you, that's what it says. You can look it at the end of that chapter. So he's just saying this. There's, there's a decency and an order to his gifts. Why do we have to get weird and crazy with it? He says keep it right here, and it'll make sense. And even people that come in, and they, they see what's going on, they won't go, that bunch is crazy. Get me out of here. It actually says they'll be convicted and they'll fall on their knees crying out to God. I think we're missing something in the body of Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. 
And I will close with this. And before you get too excited, remember last week I told y'all closing is a process. <laughs> process. So we got the list of the gifts. We got the functions of the gifts. And right in the middle, I've preached about the love. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. This is what it says. I, I, I love this. Kimberly and Travis, you guys were with us from the beginning. You know the months that we spent in Ephesians. And he himself, that's Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. These are offices. Offices. For the equipping of the saints. See? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. It's all about building up the body. If something grabs you and makes you realize that there's something I need to change in my life, you don't need to get back. You don't need to rear back on that. You don't need to get mad and bust out of here with an attitude. You need to be thankful that he loves you enough to tell you, no, that ain't it. This is it. And that will end up edifying you because you'll come up to where he's calling you. How many times have I told you that his job is not to call you out? That's why a lot of people don't like to go to church because they feel like they're getting called out. Missing the fact God doesn't call you out. He calls you up. Oh, I like that. Till we all come. Till, see, see, not till some of y'all not to you all that, 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 that said, I like prophecy. I like tongues better. It gets people's attention. Let me switch it around. Not just those people. He says all. So all would have to include those who are new in the faith and those who are not new in the faith. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, I would be happy of just that. I'll be honest with you. From where we've been, you know, as a church international, we just got the unity of the faith. But he didn't stop there. He said, uh, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue, stature of the fullness of Christ. Imagine that. How, how do we get there? I'm going to tell you how. To the measure. His goal is that the church have the measure of the fullness of God. He, he says that. Am I missing it? He says that. So he, he's wanting that. And, and obviously, it, it's attainable or it wouldn't be in there. It would be like, ah, I know you guys are trying. And I'm sorry that you can't all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Y'all just be suffering and, and, and jacked up and pitiful. We've got that so down as the church that you would think that's what he said. Y'all can't come up. Y'all can't be powerful. You can be pitiful and needy and always misunderstanding what I plainly said, and that's okay. That's not what he said. He laid down an initiative for us, a mandate that is possible to be, to be met, and he said, How? And if you missed it, he just said how. He said, I gave gifts to men. I'm not going to be there. And Jesus was the only one that could occupy all a prophet, a pastor, evangelist, teacher. 
Apostle, all those things, all those things mean something. We even took that and trimmed it down. We don't understand apostleship. We, we think prophets are weird. Evangelism, that's the only thing we do when we go out and preach someplace. It's, it's messed up. And we said, okay, well, 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 we'll just go with preachers and teachers. He didn't say that. Jesus said, I gave you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I gave you these offices. Why? To reach the place of the fullness of Christ. Why did he give a five? Because no one man can come to the fullness of him. But through these offices, there can be a representation of him. And he had to divide it out so no one man thought he could be Jesus. Have we not treated some preachers like they must be Jesus? I will go on. I will move on. Well, to be honest, there was a time I treated them like the poorest man in town. Didn't give them nothing. And I grew up, you know, I know some stuff. But in our shifting of balances, maybe we went too heavy and gave them way too much honor, way too much stuff, and, and still expecting a revolt. You give somebody something that attaches them too close to the world and trying to try to extract something spiritual out of it. I'm telling you, they, they don't. The world will put a grip on you. And no matter if you preach or not, every one of us, we have to fight that, that flesh. Got to fight it. <sighs> Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Christ, the head of what? The body. What are you? The body. See, it makes sense. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. That right there could stop and preach for 30 minutes. We should supply each other things. Being knit and joined together, that's his doing because he says this one has this ability and this one has this ability. So if I join them together, they'll both have this ability. I said, see, y'all ain't even ready for 30 more minutes. I said that'd take 30 minutes. I got zero minutes. I told you, y'all just kidding. Y'all just kidding. I appreciate it. But So according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. For the edifying of itself in love. In love. Go down to verse 25. No, verse 29. Okay. Let no corrupt proceed out of your mouth. No, no, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? He says the edification is necessary. And he's, what he's saying is, 
you're not going to be able to have two springs coming out of you. Only one can edify. He said, get rid of the stuff. And only you know what the stuff is. You got to get rid of it, guys. It's, 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 it's got to be out of there. That it may impart grace to the hearers. Don't block somebody's grace because you got something good that comes out of you, but you also got something bad that comes out of you. And because that bad thing came out, people look at that and it confuses. Can I just say, it confuses people. Confuses people if you got two things going on. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. What he's saying is, you know what your words are. You know what they mean. And you can, not, you, you can keep your words clean. You can keep your mouth off of people. You can keep from running other people down. Awfully quiet in this building. Some of y'all must have been guilty of some of that. I've done it. We've all done it. We've all, we, we, we've all done it. We've all done it. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one, or, one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I told you I'm closing. Here it is. There's some stuff we need to let go of. He just gave a whole list. Being humans, we're at least familiar with those things. And I can tell you this, I know enough about those things. They don't feel good when they're coming at me, so they can't be good coming out of me, right? And His Holy Spirit will convict you and say, mm-mm, none of that. You ever had anybody go, nah, nah, mm-mm. We, we, we have this little term when we say, say this, like somebody, somebody went through something and somebody tells a joke, but they say, mm, too soon, too soon. You know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you, there's never going to be a place when this is okay. There's never, there's never going to be a say, oh, okay, now you can say it. No, no, no. It's, and as you get those things out of your life, You stop building a wall around yourself, not from people, from like this. It's like an igloo over you. You're still wanting things from God, but you shut him out because obedience was not in them. He's not going to go to the next revelation. He's not going to do what what, what this this chapter we talked about, Epicureans. Come back tomorrow. We love philosophy. We we love all this higher learning. We love it. Come back and tell us more. And Paul said, no, I won't be back. I'm going to Corinth, and I've determined this. All this higher learning stuff, y'all can have it. I told you about Jesus. I'll go to Corinth, and I'm not going to say anything except for Jesus and him crucified. Best thing you can talk about. Because we all fit into that. I've said Ryan or Christine comes somewhere. I always guess wrong, so I just gave them the. <laughs> Y'all decide. Both so, so good. I'll tell you this. I'm thankful for our, our worship team. Every, every one of them. Their, their voices, their talents, their, and that they used them for the Lord. They, they, they have been blessed, and they're using it for the Lord. I love that. So thank you, worship team. Look.
He's calling us up. There's more that we're going to talk to. Believe me, I want to go back into it now. I do. I feel enough energy to talk about it some more, but it can wait till next week. There's enough right now in that point right there to say, hey, you know what? There's more for the church. There's a unity that's there. There's a knowledge that's there. There's a growing up in there. There, there, There's a connection that we're missing. There's power that we're missing because we're still holding on to stuff. We... We got to be holding on to some of this stuff because we're not walking in the absence of this stuff. Does that make sense? Because if there were an absence of this stuff, we would be more closely resembling what he called us to be. I've I've quit I've quit asking people to repent. In the church. Because I've learned this. Repentance starts when you walk out of the church. Sorry can happen right here. So I believe. I'm just praying for a good dose of I'm sorry Lord. But I'm praying for repentance when we walk out of this place. Can you just say don't don't think about anybody else. Has God ever convicted you of your mouth? He has me. The Bible's got a. James chapter. James talks about your mouth and your tongue in particular. He says it's strong enough to turn the whole ship. That little member, that tongue right there. And we're going to be responsible for it. And he's saying, hey, didn't I tell you to get rid of those things? Can, Can we just collectively say, God, my tongue. My tongue. Help me with my tongue. If I've gotten to a place where I'm just blurting stuff up, I'm just letting stuff out and it's just coming out of me. God, forgive me of that. I want to be a pure vessel. Anybody want to be a pure vessel? I want to be a pure vessel. I want to talk right. And I don't want to just talk right when I'm around Pastor John. I I don't want to talk right just when I'm around folks at Christ Fellowship. I want to talk right on Monday. I want to talk right with my job. I've let, it's real easy to get relaxed around friends. I'm just going to tell you, it's easy. God, help me because there's a bigger end game than just me having a better vocabulary. I want your gifting, Lord. I want it flowing through me. And I know it's not going to happen if I'm knowingly holding on to stuff I shouldn't be holding on to. He say, my tongue, Lord. My voice. My kindness. Did he say kindness? Did he say love one another? Be kind to one another? If you're struggling with being kind... Believe me, when I talk like this, I, I, most of the time I'm preaching to them walls anyway. I can tell you, I close my eyes and tell you what is, is all over that wall because that's you right now. So I'm not staring at anybody. But the Lord's staring right now. He's staring all the time. His eyes don't close. His eyes are on us because He's always calling us up. You feel Him? Do you ever feel God calling you up during the week when you're away from here? I hope you do. Because he's wanting to get your attention. It's like that little commercial. Do you see me now? He's always watching you. He's always loving you. He's always calling you up. So can we agree right now? A spirit of unity in this room. God, we want you. We want you, you. We don't want some 
polished version that somebody came up. We want you, God. And we want your fullness. And we want to grow in you. And you've got good gifts for us. Spiritual gifts. Every physical. God, you've blessed us so much. There's no one in this room that's poor. Material thing. Yeah, somebody might have a little more than the other. But none of us would walk away here saying, God, I I don't have two pennies to rub together. You've blessed us physically and you want to bless us spiritually, God. Help us not to block that. Yes. God, my tongue, my lips, my attitude, my kindness. I want you flowing out of me. If you flow out of me, there will be more of you and less of me. So that's my prayer, God. More of you, less of me in Jesus' name. Help me to get my actions under control, Lord. Help me to come into alignment with you so that I please you. That's really all that matters is that I please you. Jesus. So one more time right now, can you just say, God, as we leave here, thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your mercy, God. It took me a long time. My mama was a spanker. Good night, that woman could swing. My dad was six foot four. He didn't have to spank. I just was afraid that he was going to. And my mom would say, when it got real bad, she'd say, wait till your daddy gets home. I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd start praying, God, forgive me all my sins. I'm certainly going to die today. Felt like she's going to beat me to within an inch of my life. I think I've seen my life that far away before. Like, there you are. The end of my life is right there. And my mom's standing behind me. (laughs) I don't even know why I said that, to be honest. I forgot. I'm so tired. You don't need somebody to beat you into submission. You just need to obey what he says. Amen. I love you guys. I'm humbled every week that I get to speak to you and impart some things into your life. But this, this message on the Holy Spirit, guys, if we get this right, we're going to be able to do some things for Him that, that I've been believing for than you, you've been believing for. Can you just, as you leave, say, God, thank you for your mercy on me. Thank you for your mercy on me. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. God bless you this week.